This program is pre-recorded. The Ryan Reese Show from Southern California. This is the Ryan Reese Show. Post your questions using at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Are you ready? All right. Well, tonight it's going down. I got Holland Davis in studio. Hello. What up? What's up? How you been? Awesome. I know, because I've been with you this week. I know, this is like a toothpick. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> well, dude, hey, thanks for uh, being on. I got Holland Davis from Calvary Chapel, San Clemente. And um, every question is a good question. We're going to talk about faith. We're going to talk about struggles, tribulations, mountaintop experiences that God's doing in your life. Maybe you're having um, questions about how to pray. Does God answer prayer? I mean, pretty much you know, stuff that's going on in the scriptures. Any question that you have tonight, marriage, divorce, relationships, this is why we're here. You know, a lot of people have a lot of questions. And, you know, when you're in church, you know, when you go and hear a, a pastor teach a Bible study like Holland Davis, he's the pastor of Calvary Chapel, like I said, in San Clemente, and you would go, you would hear a message, but sometimes you have these uh, these questions that you're not really getting from the stage, such as like if... My cousin um, made a pact with the devil. He wants out. How does he do it? You know, or, you know, can I get out? What, what's the answer? Uh, I'm in a bad relationship with my husband or my wife. Uh, what does the Bible say about uh, being getting divorced or staying in the marriage? All these kind of questions are all great questions. So please call in 888-564-6173. So, you know what? Let's just get into it. I've been posting on um, social media questions for people to send in. So we have a couple here that we're going to take to while you guys are calling in. I see calls starting to come in. So, Holland, which one would you like to start with? Well, you know, there's this one question number two that I see here. It says, does the Bible permit divorce in cases of domestic violence? And, um, you know, there's basically uh, three... I guess three criteria for divorce that's in the scripture. Oftentimes we hear about divorces because of sexual, you know, infidelity, mm-hmm. a sexual sin with someone, you know, adultery, that sort of thing. But also the Bible talks about abandonment. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 10 through 16, if an unbeliever abandons a believer, the Bible says, let him go. You know, that's abandonment. So, Abandonment can be an issue for divorce. Another is abuse. In Exodus chapter uh, 21, verses 9 through 11, it talks about if the husband neglects or abuses the wife, you know, doesn't take care of her, doesn't take care of her physical needs, doesn't take care of her clothing, her food. And I believe um, physical violence fits in that category of abuse, you know. Mm And so um, God doesn't want us to be in these relationships that destroy us, you know, that are that are going to do harm to us and cause us to um, to, you know, to be hurt physically. And so God's made a, a way for us to get out of that. Now, God hates divorce. Yep. And that's the bottom line. And Malachi says God hates divorce. And God hates divorce because we see the effect of divorce yeah. in our culture today, you know, yeah. where you have, you know, drug abuse, uh, the, you know, if you are uh, molested as a child and, and even if that family ends in divorce or whatever, you know, chances are that that 
is going to result in some kind of a sexual um, issue in your life, you know, as you grow older. And so there's all these kind of things that are the um, that are really the you know the 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 fruit or the result of divorce. And so God doesn't like it, but because man is hardened in his heart, mm-hmm. is what the scripture says. Yep. God has made a way for that. So I've seen a lot the effects of divorced families. Mm. My wife comes from a divorced family, and um, you know there's always you know there's always effects. Her family is great, but there's always effects of of splitting the family. Then you get divorced, and other people get married, and there's other kids involved, and just it, mm. there's always a splinter effect. I remember telling my uh, my dad, um, or I, I remember my dad telling me this. Uh, illustration of like if you get like two two by fours and you get like wood glue and you put them together and you glue it and then when you try to you know that's the marriage you know it's together it's tight you become one the bible says but when you break them apart there's always splinters it's never like it's never like a perfect break it's always a splinter relationship and there's a lot of effects from it i've also uh talked to many people that are uh before they were divorced they were in the middle of, of verbal um, abuse, uh, physical abuse, or the guys cheating on the wife. I mean, I've, I've, there's one particular relationship that I could think of is that this woman was married to this guy and he completely just like treated her like, like garbage, you know, mm-hmm. abuse. Um, and, you know, basically really broke this, this woman down to like mentally, and and not I don't think he ever I I don't know if they've ever he ever hit her or anything like that, but cheated on the whole thing and it, it really, it really destroyed this this woman, mm-hmm. you know. And God doesn't want to see that like being destroyed. You know what I mean? If your life is being destroyed and you're 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 mentally getting jacked up, and I know God is not for divorce, but um, and there's no but He's not for divorce. But if there is a situation where there is serious, you're being abused and verbally punched, or, I mean, you could get killed. I mean, a man could kill some, a girl very mm-hmm. simply, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, it, and, and that's why Jesus said that it's because of the hardness of your hearts. Yeah. You know, it's the hardness of the person that's abusing another person. Yeah. And and who is not forgiving, who's not, who's filled with bitterness and rage and anger, not dealing with the issues that are in their own life, and then, uh, you know... It, and then taking all of that and putting it not only on, you know, their spouse, you know, or whatever, mm-hmm. but the kids are seeing it. They're seeing they're seeing that modeled if there's kids involved. Mm-hmm. And so then that kid is now a product of that product situation. of that. Yeah. And then that kid grows up, doesn't know what to do with all of that and begins to pass that on to his kid. And so now you can see the effects, you know two, three, four generations yeah. down the road. And all of these are witnessing, you know, dad or granddad or great granddad and the way that he's acting towards mom or, or his wife or, or, or whatever. And um and it just creates this this domino effect. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing it in our culture today. We see the effects of it all over. And then there's, you know, people that know of my father, Raul Reese and my mom and how his dad was a raging alcoholic, used to come home, get drunk, beat his mom, his mom at the time. And then what happened to my dad is he ended up started verbally and physically abusing my mom. And my dad's a martial artist. I mean, mm. he's told stories on this radio show, where, and she has too, where one time he, he was so mad he went to kick her. And he's a, he's a 
83 black belt. I mean, he's he's deadly. And he went to kick my mom full, he kicked my mom full power and whatever happened there was an angel or something there, but it didn't not like my, my mom didn't get hurt. Wow. Blocked it. He would have killed her. I mean, the way wow. he could kick. And so that's the whole thing is like when it gets physical, I mean, that was a miracle that my mom stayed with my dad for years of the abuse. And then, because God was, I guess, speaking to her at that time to stay with him. But she had no legal right, biblically or anything, to stay with this guy that right. was literally physically and verb, uh, physically and verbally abusing her for years. And, and that brings up a great point because we do have this story of Hosea, right? Where Hosea marries someone. Mm-hmm. And then she leaves and becomes a prostitute, Yep, goes out on the street, sleeps with all these guys. And then the Lord says, now I want you to go and buy her out of slavery, like buy her out of the brothel, yep. you know, pay the guy off right? and marry her and then treat her like she's never done anything wrong. Yep. And it was a picture of how God deals with us, how God deals with Israel, how God deals with with our sinfulness where he, he buys us out of slavery and he treats us as if we did nothing wrong. And, you know, that's the reality. It's like, you know, God is a redeemer. He can heal any relationship. Yeah. He can heal, you know, he can, the worst thing you can imagine, he can restore it. Yeah. He can heal it. Um, but it really takes a commitment on people like your mom did and mm-hmm. others that I've counseled where it takes a commitment for them to see that through. So that story you just said about um, Hosea, basically what happened is with Dale Goddard, my dad's right-hand man, the assistant pastor, he was married. He got caught up in his career. His wife ended up leaving him, like rolled over in bed one night and said, I don't, I'm not in love with you anymore. I want a divorce. It was just like that. Bam. Wow. He was working. Being He basically went after the, the house and the boat, like, like su- successfully wise. Like, dude, he was killing it. A house at the river, boat, big house. He did the whole thing for the family, but he lost his relationship with his wife and she mm. left him for another man. One who, long story short, he ended up repenting, giving his life to Jesus and God ended up bringing her back and now they're married and they're wow. So God is in the business of yeah. doing all this stuff. And that's why the Bible so relevant. You know, yeah. you read these stories and you think, Oh man, that was written thousands of years ago. This book's irrelevant. No, it's actually very relevant. And that's yeah. what this whole, what the Bible's for is it, it has so all these relevant stories that we could read and learn from. So I'm going to go ahead and put the number out a couple more times, and then I'm going to go ahead and start taking some calls. The number is 888-564-6173. Call in. Every question is a good question. We're going to take them all tonight. I'm going to go ahead and pick up Mary. Let's see. Oh, I new system here we go there we go mary from california how you doing tonight i'm doing good thank you how about you guys hey good good i want i'm thank you for calling in because i actually i know that you sent a a question in via um instagram and i read it about uh you know about some demonic stuff earlier in the show so i'm actually glad that you called in so we could actually talk about it so what exactly was the question that you sent in to us my exact question was how to help a cousin who's made a pact with the devil. He's been, it's been 15 years. He had an encounter with death. I believe it was on Monday. And he wants out, but he knows the devil's had a good hold on him that he could feel the devil's not letting him go. 
So um, have, he stays away from the family because he's, he knows that when he blacks out, it's not him who, who wants to hurt us, you know? So, okay, I got a question for you. Um, so mm-hmm. he, he went, like, when did he do a, how did he do a pack with him? Was this, this was 15 years ago. Was it like in a ritual or something or what was, what was, the, no, does he talk about um, this? Yeah, he kind of, I'm the only one he talks about too, about these things. Like yeah. um, 15 years ago, he was going through a very hard time in life. Yeah. He was praying to God at that time. And he felt God was not listening, so he actually asked the devil to reveal himself to him and to give him powers and to comfort him and just to... He asked for a lot of things that he knows that the devil's been there for him. He talks to him. Yeah. He said he sees him. He feels him. Yeah. There's a strength that overcomes him that knows not, it's not human. Yep. Um, our ex-girlfriends of his have talked to him, you know, me trying to talk to him to calm them down at times. Mm-hmm. And they say that it's some freaky stuff that they see. Like light flickering, um, they sense evilness around him, and they just leave because they know that's not him. And then yeah. I don't know where he snaps out of it. He goes, "What do you mean I did that?" Yeah. He goes, mm-hmm. "Yes." He so, doesn't recall what happened at that time. Okay, so check this out. So I've been around several demon possessed people. Um, whether mm-hmm. you make a pact with the devil or a, a demon enters you, what happens is. Um, you know, it's all through the scriptures, you know, you can read and it's in the Gospels and, and Acts as well. It talks about these uh, demonic encounters. What happens is what I've seen is when the demon takes over, um, he, he takes control of their of their body because he the, he manifests mm-hmm. basically. And uh, during that process, um, after we're done casting demons, a demon out of the guy or a girl or whatever, they black out. They don't remember because their body has been taken over by a demon. So yeah. this guy, you're in, you guys are in California. What uh, what area? Are you in Southern California? Yes. Okay. Oh well, wow, he's calling in the other line. Wow, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> and well, I've been uh, him for two and a half days, and I've been texting him to see how he's doing. He hasn't replied or called until right now. The second, if you guys can hear the phone beeping, I'm not sure. If you okay, guys no, we that. can't hear, but we would love to. <laughs> we would love to talk to him and even meet up with him. I mean, let, let, let's let me tell you this, okay? Because I know you need to take mm-hmm. that call. This no, is the it's deal. Fine. I could call him back right now. Okay, okay. So check this out. We would love to talk to him. I'd love to meet with him in person. Honestly, um, he could be set free. Check this out. This is what mm-hmm. Jesus says. Jesus says this in Luke uh, 4. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released, and the blind will see, and the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord of favor has come. Mm-hmm. Jesus, there is power in the work of the Holy Spirit, and God sent Jesus out of eternity to planet Earth to set the captives free. And he anointed mm-hmm. us to take the, the the message of the good news and go around. He commissioned his disciples to go and pray for the sick. It says to cast out every demon and to heal every disease. And I can't tell you how many people we've been in front of or around that have had demonic activity around them. Around them, like you have, you could be oppressed or um, oppressed or possessed. But it sounds like your cousin has a demon in him for sure. And um, mm-hmm. we would love, he could be set free. It's very easy. The devil will lie and make him think he can't get out of it. He made a pact and that's that. 
Um, unfortunately for, for the devil, uh, Jesus is the creator of all things. He created the devil. The devil's a, a creation. He's just a, he's a, he's an angel. He's an angelic form, but he's a fallen state. Jesus is the creator. He created everything in heaven and below and on earth. So he is in charge and what he says goes. All your cousin needs to do is get to the place in his life where he's going to want to have to give up that relationship because a lot of these demon people have demons in them. They have relationships with the demons because the demons, they bring them money. They open doors for them. They bring them success because mm-hmm. it's that relationship. Because yeah. the Bible says Satan is the prince of the world. Now, if you even go back to even right before I read you in Luke, Jesus was out there fasting and praying and Satan came up and tempted him, said, bow down and worship me and I'll give you, I'll give you everything in the world. So he yeah. has the keys to the world. So what your cousin has to come, basically what the, the reasoning he needs to come down to in his life is that he is done with the relationship, that he wants to be set free mm-hmm. and God will do it. But it's all a matter of the heart. And he has to break, want to break that relationship with that, that demon and it could happen by the, by repentance and prayer with some pastors. And, um, you know, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna be a little, uh, you know, it's gonna be like one of those Bible stories, you know, they, he's gonna manifest and then the demon's gonna come out, but it's gonna, it's, it, you know, you need to bring him to a church for, for that to happen. Yes. And I think he's willing to do it because he never believed in God. And like I said, this past Monday, yeah. I'm not sure. Hopefully he's not listening, which I doubt. Yeah. Um, he was really wasted. He, he, you know, he has a great job. He has money. He has the girls, like you said. Yeah. He has it all. Yeah. But um, he was really wasted. He was really drunk. He took a bath, knocked out on the bathtub, in the bathtub where the water was running. And he was dreaming he was drowning when she was drowning. Yeah. And he said, for some reason, I don't know what he said, but he said he, our aunt who had passed away is the one who took picked up his head yeah so he called me crying saying how is that possible how could how can god send someone to rescue him when he was drowning he couldn't even stand up he said he was still wasted you don't know how he got out of it well god God, how how is that possible when he has a relationship with the devil yeah well god's god never uh he says he never leaves us or forsakes Mm -hmm. us he's he's on a mission to get him and the fact that we're talking he's calling you i mean uh, it's going to go down. I haven't so th- heard from him in three days. Hey, this is what I'm going to do. Um, when we hang up, uh, can you please, I think I see your number right here. It's, it's, it's like a 714 number. Yeah, that's my number. And it ends like with a 51 or something. Yeah. Okay. I just took a screenshot. I got your number. When we get off the radio, uh, we're going to contact you and we're going to set up a meeting for him to come meet with us. Okay. Okay. And then you can get on the phone with them. I'm going to say a prayer really quick. Lord Jesus, I pray Mm -hmm. for, uh, for the cousin, Lord. I pray in Jesus name right now, Lord, that you do open his heart to wanting to meet with us, God. Mm -hmm. And when we meet with him, Lord, I pray that he will just repent of his sins and, and denounce all that witchcraft and everything that he got involved with, Lord, and that you will encounter him in a powerful way. And you will set him free as you say you do, Lord, and that he will become a new creation in Christ. And this will all be just history and old news. So give uh, Mary the strength in the mighty name of Jesus Christ and fill her mouth with your words and wisdom as she talks to him right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. Hey, Mary, you know, if, if you have talked to me and you want to call back a little bit later at the show with him, um, that's fine, too. We'll talk to him on the air, whatever you want to do, okay? 
Sounds good. Thank you so okay. much. Okay. Yeah, we're here for until ten. Okay. Love you. All right. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you. God Bye-bye. bless. Bye. All right. So we got some calls. I want to give the number out: triple eight five six four six one seven three. Triple eight five six four six one seven three. All questions are good. You know, just to say something on that last call, because yeah. uh, people don't realize that that it is really easy to unseat a, a demonic entity, a power like that, because it's a it's a it's a question of ownership, and they can't own you. You know, demons can't own you. But you can you can be deceived by them to thinking that they do own you. Mm-hmm. But when you surrender your life to Jesus, there is a change of ownership where now Jesus owns you. And when he owns you, he doesn't share the space. He's, he doesn't like, you know, to have, uh, you know, to share the apartment with people. So uh, everyone has to go. Everything other than, than Jesus is forced out. And uh, I remember on my birthday party, we had a guy come over and um, was demon possessed, and you know that's with, a nice birthday present. Yeah, it's you know I, I don't suggest that you do that. You know, it's not it's not like uh, you know we spent a lot <laughs> hey. of hours. You know that we couldn't really have the party, but you know it was a it was an awesome time just to see this guy set free. But um, this demon was stubborn until we basically led him to Christ, and once we led him to Christ. And he confessed Jesus. It was over. You know, the ownership had changed. And now everything had to, you know, everything had to leave. And the guy was homeless, out of a job, was out of his mind. I saw him like two years later, completely healed, completely, you know, getting ready to get married, had a house, had a job, the whole thing. God totally restored him. Yep. Yeah. Heavy stuff. It's real. Mm -hmm. It's out there. I'm going to go ahead and uh, grab this. Uh, Actually, you know what? We'll take, um, let's see. You want to go ahead and take this next one with uh, Camille? Sure. Go for it. Oh, hey, Camille, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How are you? Thanks for calling in. Where are you calling from? Hey, I'm calling from California. Right on. Okay, so go ahead and give us your question, please. So, hold on two seconds. Yeah. One, two, that's it. We're done. <laughs> we are done. Um yeah, so uh, it's a real okay, thing. So, okay. no. Go for it. Oh, so, so sorry. Hey, so my question would be, because I'm trying to get into a private place so my kid doesn't hear me. We're actually fostering a seven-year-old child. And ever since he came, um, they said that he has um, issues um, and can have big episodes. Um, ever since he's been here, he's constantly gotten so upset to where he starts praying to God and the devil to kill people in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I wouldn't, I don't, I don't know if you would call that possessed. I don't know if he could be possessed, but, um, he just got out of the mental hospital. They said he did fantastic. There are no blowups, no anything. And literally today and yesterday, he starts going off and cussing and I'm praying to God and the devil that he kills you guys. And, you know, how can I help him? We've explained God. We, we're believers in this yeah. household. Mm-hmm. Um, and we try to express, and, you know, we, we tell him to pray every night to God, and, you know, and it's a tough thing. He's in foster care, and, yeah. you know, he wants to go home. But um, I don't know, and it's crazy enough, I just lost my brother Saturday to an overdose. He's, he was 18, and he has similar qualities to 
my little brother. Yeah, I'm so sorry um, about that. Mm. Yeah, uh, your prayers would definitely be appreciated. But I just, how can I help this seven-year-old? I don't know. Medicine doesn't work. You know, leaning on God, of course, but wh- what route should I be taking? Well, the, the first thing is, um, you know, one of the things to always look at is there is there something organically happening here? And uh, because of his outburst, because of those sorts of things, um, it, it could have a demonic component. Um, but what I always like to look at is is what brought us to this point. And of course, he being in foster care, my assumption, by the way, that he's reacting is that he came from some kind of an abuse background or some that he's dealing with some kind of um, effect of of like drugs or something like that in his life is have you been informed on that sort of thing you know what we were I, he's told us that he used to watch you know chucky um you know child's play um and a lot of scary stuff yeah um okay. listening i don't know if you guys are familiar with the momo thing that was on youtube telling kids to right. kill themselves and whatnot yes. yeah. he he was really into that and and i just hey, i don't know so- it, it, so he ha- so he's had some influences mm-hmm. that have have pointed him towards this direction. So have you sat down and prayed with him? Yes. And yes. and when you pray, what happens? He does. He calms down. Um, he goes to sleep. His last blow that landed him into um, the hospital. Um, at the end of it, after the cussing and the fighting, and I wish you guys were dead, and I'm going to kill you guys, you know, um, he broke. Um, you know, when um, someone seems to lose control of themselves, he came back, and usually in those blow-ups, he doesn't, he, he's not, a, um, he doesn't apologize. His voice changes. His voice changed the first time. Like what? What do you mean um, changes? Like what to what? Um, the first blow he had, I mean, he made his voice go real deep, and, you know, it was just like, let me go. I mean, he was getting violent with us. So um, it just, it was weird. Yeah, he's a seven-year-old. He has a high-pitched voice. It just went so low, and and it was just mind-blowing. Um, but this last blow, you know, he got so calm, and I told him to hug me. I said, you need to hug me. And he broke, and it was just like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean any of this. It 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 seemed like that was the true him. You know what I mean? Right. And right. Yeah. So, I mean, I... So you now have legal authority mm-hmm. over him. We might soon... Uh, might. We have a court date coming up. Um, depending on what happens there, um, it looks like he might be in our care for an extended period of time. Okay, so then you... When you have legal authority, that means you have authority over whatever has authority over him. And okay. that's that's what I'm trying to get at, because the interesting thing about demons is that they're very legalistic and they follow all the rules, believe it or not. And so um, and so you can begin to take authority in your prayer life over whatever is taking authority over him. And um, okay. and then in those situations, you can actually begin to pray and against the what it what is taking authority over him in that moment, and just say in the okay. name of Jesus, I command you to stop, and mm-hmm. I, and I and I'm and I command you to be silent. And now I want okay. to talk to the person. I, you know, I want to talk to the person. Okay. 
Hey, Camila, so this is the deal. I actually have a picture of your <laughs> number as well. I'm going to contact you after. And um, are you close to the Diamond Bar area? I'm. It's it's not a far drive. Okay, good. <laughs> I can All right, that. we. Uh, I want. I would love to to sit down and meet up with him. How how old is he? He's seven. He's seven. Yes. All right. Yeah. We're, um, I'm going to contact you after this, and we're going to set up a date for us to, to meet up, okay? Okay. That would be awesome. Okay, so we're going to be going to the break in a minute. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, put you on hold, and then I'll contact you later on, like tomorrow, and then we'll set up an appointment to meet up, okay? Absolutely. I thank you so much. All right. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay. All right. Um, so we have one minute left. Okay. I thought we still have a little I'm going to pray right now for uh, yes. Camila. Lord, I pray for Camila and the seven-year-old uh, uh, son that they're in the process of getting full custody over. Lord, in Jesus' name, I, we ask that you intervene. Intervene. We've seen too many of these, these kids getting affected by opening themselves to the supernatural realm of supernatural films and open themselves to Ouija boards and all this stuff that's happening through TV. It opens those doorways, Lord. But we know that you're more powerful than that, Lord. And I ask in advance that when we meet with him, Lord, that you will set him free. And I know you will because you always do. That's just the power of God, how you manifest, Lord. So we thank you for what you're going to do in advance. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to go to break in a minute. Listen, this is Ryan Reese. Uh, check out the whosoevers.com. We have all the past shows. Download our app, the whosoevers app. It's free. We have shows upon shows upon shows of many more live calls, interviews, all kinds of rad stuff. It's all there for your archive. Peace. More. Of the Ryan Reese Show. Coming up, post your questions at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, and or Facebook. Now, back, back to the Ryan Reese Show. I know. We are back and it is going down. I am in studio with Holland Davis from Calvary Chapel, San Clemente. And it's the Wild West tonight, wouldn't you say? Oh, man. Yeah, well, it just, you know, it's a sign of the times. You know, yeah. we know that as in the days that we're in, uh, evil is going to increase, and we're just seeing the effects of that. Look at everything that's going on in the news. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> these are just the effects. But this is awesome, though, that people are actually calling and asking questions because, you know, you can be delivered from the enemy. Mm-hmm. You could have a new life. If you're an alcoholic, you could be set free. If you're struggling with drugs and pornography, you could be set free. If you got no hope, God will give you hope. If you don't feel love, God will, can give you love. You know, God can reverse the curse. Yeah. Anything that's going on in your life, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what God does in our life. So, um, check, I, out, check out the scripture. It says, "The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation." And so. You know, this is who God is. He is merciful. He is gracious. He's abounding in goodness and truth. And he keeps mercy for a thousand. He forgives. He breaks the uh, the transgression and the sins, uh, you know, the iniquities, the effects of the iniquities. And that's what God does. 
That's what he does. He's in the, the business of it. All right, here we go. I'm going to go ahead and take this call here. We got Reese from Irvine, California. How are you doing tonight? I am fine. How are you? Great. Thank you for calling in. Amen. I have this question. Yeah. I, I was telling Karen, um, I tell my friends, don't bother me Saturday night because I have a date. This guy is married, <laughs> and I date him every Saturday, so leave me be. But I never have any questions. And I was in this conversation with an older friend of mine who lives up north, and she tells me that she has a gay son and that he's going to heaven. I said, no. I said, he needs to repent. Mm-hmm. And she says, no, 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 no. And I said, yeah, I said, there's that scripture. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Certainly not. Mm-hmm. Corinthians 6.15. And then she says, all sins are forgiven, even future ones. Once a person is a believer and sealed by the Holy Spirit into salvation, and then she throws me a scripture, John 10.28 says that no one can pluck a believer out of God's hand, not even the person themselves. Their sins, future ones, too, are tossed as far as the east is to the west. Remember, no more. And then I said, correct, provided there's repentance. And I said, not confession, because I used to be a Catholic, and confession doesn't work. Yeah. And and our combo got kind of heated. She says... um, we're texting each other this. She says, so he repented already and sinned as we all sin. Still, we're in a fallen world. And I said, yes, I know. But if he is still in sin, he needs to repent. I don't, well, I don't if, know. If, not- if, if there's no, so I'm going to cut you off for one second, Reese. And that's a great question. And by the way, thanks for tuning in every Saturday night. That's <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, you know. It's uh, the work of the Holy Spirit. There's a there's a there's a transform there's a transforming process in your life. Holy Ghost, okay. Mm-hmm. The Holy Ghost. It's holy, okay. You can't have the Holy Ghost. You can't have unholiness constantly manifesting with with each other, or else there's no power in the gospel. Why do we need a relationship with Jesus if there's if there's no, you know, if you don't see the power of God of the transformation? 1 Corinthians says this. Verses uh 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 9 to 11. It says this. Don't you realize those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? I'm reading now the New Living Translation, okay? Don't fool yourself. Those who indulge in sexual sin or worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or are greedy people or drunkards, drunkards or abusive or cheat people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Some of you were once like that, mm-hmm. but you were cleansed. You were made holy because you have the Holy Spirit in you. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So now it says in verse 11, some of you were once like this, but there was a transformation of the Holy Spirit. And I've said it before, the job of the Holy Ghost is to purge and destroy everything that is unholy 
in your life. That is the sanctification process of a believer through repentance, believing you're a sinner. I'm a sinner. But then what God does is he transforms your heart, your mind, and your life, and he makes you a new creation in Christ. All the old things in your life will pass away, and everything becomes brand stinking new. Yes. You know, we were part of a ministry, my wife and I, called Exodus International, that helped people come out of the gay lifestyle. And one of the things that um, people that are in that lifestyle do is that they don't identify themselves by the way God identifies them. They identify themselves by the way culture identifies them. You know, culture likes to label you. The culture likes to tell you, you know, you're you're gay, you're lesbian, you're transgender, you're you're rich, you're poor, you're this, you're that. And and culture likes to define you by those labels, but God doesn't do that. God defines us by by his identity he calls us by our name we have we're individuals we're not defined by our behaviors we're defined by our identity in Christ and and so what what this guy has done what what they've done unfortunately is they've exchanged their identity they've exchanged who they are for for a for a fallen picture of who they are and I understand the mom. I understand where the mom is coming from because no one wants to admit that their son is potentially not going to make it to heaven. You know, we all see our kids and we see the way they grow up and we think, you know, wow, this is this is my little son that, you know, used to run around the house and do all these sorts of things. Or this is my daughter that used to, you know, you know, climb up into my lap. And, and how could this person not spend an eternity with God, you know, they obviously didn't choose that. And that's the truth. People that struggle with same-sex attraction, they didn't choose it. It wasn't something that that they woke up and said, hey, I think I'm going to do this. Something happened to them yeah. that brought them to that place. And And as long as you're accepting and embracing this false identity, you're never going to deal with the real issues that you need to deal with to get free from it. And we have seen thousands and thousands and thousands of people set free from same-sex attraction by the power of the gospel. Jesus heals people. And we've seen the married children flourishing and never looking back, never having temptation, you know, or not some, I mean, having temptation but not acting on it because they don't see themselves uh, in that light any longer. They see themselves in a different identity. I'm going to jump on this too. Um, you know, the I have a lot of I have a lot of friends that are um, gay or lesbian, or because or I grew up here in L.A. and so I've always been around uh, around it, and still even currently today, I still have friends that are that are in that lifestyle, and I have friends that have come out of that lifestyle. And when you really dig into it, like what Holland was saying, you know, it's and I've talked about this. If you've heard me on the on the show. You've heard me like where I say, guys, if, if someone's dealing with same sex attractive, you got to it's, it's a heart issue. You got to dig into the heart. Like, where did it all where's the root of this? And a lot of times there's um, there's someone a lot of the majority of it. They've been molested when they were young. Yeah, the majority of it. Yeah. And I've talked about this over and over on the show. You can't just be like, hey, you're gay. You're going to hell. It's not about that. No. I'm not that guy. I Sin is sin. And, you know, you know, a lot of people could you know, judge all the gays or whatever. And then I'm like, well, what are you doing? If I put a camera 
and to watch you late at night, what are you into? Yeah. You know, and it's like sin is sin, and, and it doesn't matter if you're into men or women or whatever, or if you're, you know, watching porn or you're looking at other girls or you're cheating on your wife or you're stealing money or you're telling white lies. Sin is sin across the board. But when it comes to homosexuality, you got to dig in and have those conversations and find out kind of where it's coming from. And I've had several people on the show, Christina Beaudreau, uh, one of the Whosoever's Ambassadors. Her testimony is actually on our app, the Whosoever's app, or on our YouTube. You can look it up. She talks about her life situation, how she got into that same thing. I even had, uh, I think next week's show, there's going to be a girl that actually was into lesbianism as well. And that show's going to be coming up uh, next week. I'm going to be interviewing a girl. So we talk about this a lot, but I can tell you this, Jesus... Though the word of God clearly says that, you know, you, if those of you that were once like this, but if you continue living in that, that's that cheap mm-hmm. grace. And that's a very scary place to just say anyone that's in any kind of sin. I'm just talking about a blanket statement for sin in general. Like, oh, don't worry. You're going to get to heaven. I would not want to put that person's blood on my hands. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like we got to work out our faith with, with fear and trembling. You know, and and try to figure out, make sure that we're constantly trying to get closer to God, not saying, okay, I'm in a safe zone. You know, if I just continue sitting, because the problem with sin, it's like you drift. You know, it starts off so little and light, but then years later, weeks later, you realize, how in the heck did I get so far? You just drift, because that's the progression of sin. And it is a life of surrender. It's a life of continual surrender. And. Uh, I haven't met someone that struggles with same-sex attraction who, or who has basically quit struggling. they just given into the lifestyle. Um, I don't know the people that are living in that lifestyle that can say, I'm living a life that's completely surrendered to Jesus Christ. Everything I do is being directed and guided and led by him because he didn't create that lifestyle. And it's a lifestyle that is it, it doesn't come about naturally you you don't give birth to it so it's something that has to be done to you to bring you into it and it's usually like ryan said it's abuse it's something violent either they grew up in a violent situation i knew many lesbian people that struggled with lesbianism that they grew up in a home where the the father was beating the mother they saw it and they just said you know what i'm never going to be like my mom i'm never going to let a man do that to me and they made a pact in their heart to do that i same thing with with um with boys that grow up in homosexuality so these are all things that we can explain but they are issues of the heart fatherless home could lead to that there was one guy in New York, a, a young kid. I think he was like 14 or 15 years old. I was, I was in a, a church in Philadelphia, and he came up to me after and because I, I was talking about pornography, about my, my past of, of being involved in pornography and stuff. And um, he came up and said, hey, Ryan, um, can you pray for me? He's like, I'm into homosexuality. And I'm like, How? I always go for the heart. How would you get into it? You know, because it's not just, it just you're not natural. It just doesn't happen. There's always something that actually births it. And because um, it's just a high, it's just perversion, you know, mm-hmm. at a whole nother level. And what happens is um, he says, Ryan, I started watching porn when I was in second uh, or not second grade, when I was like 12 years old or 13. He got into pornography on smartphones and uh, the progression of pornography led him to watching, you know, guys and girls, like instead of a guy and a girl, like guys and girls in the room and then 
two guys and a girl, and it just the progression, and then that led to him just crossing over mm-hmm. to men. And I said, so you never like like liked the guy before or were into it? He's like, no, just pornography, the progression and the intensity of it, it just landed him on that side. Yeah. So, it, you know, is this guy into pornography? I mean, or did he come from a broken home? Did he get molested? There's so many different variables. That's why you have to just sit down, have a conversation, and don't just accept it and just go, oh, he's going to go to heaven. Don't do that. Find out what, I mean, this kid's probably hurt. There's something going on with him. And when you get to the heart issue and he confesses, then you could just work it out from there and lead him to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that's where the power of the Holy Spirit comes in. So, yeah. Thank you for calling in. I think I accidentally blocked her out. Okay. Well, she could hear. Thank you, Camille, for uh, calling in. Thank you for listening every Saturday night. Yes. We love you. We love the listeners that, that are part of this uh, journey with us. Okay, so check this out. We all know Jairus uh, Hodge, right? He's from Calvary Chapel, St. Pete, Florida. Mm-hmm. So he was uh, that new movie that you helped. Yeah. Uh, you were on the ba- you helped helped us produce it in the back right. end to tighten it all up with the edits and everything. Holland, a lot of people don't know that, but you heard it here. Um, Hall, uh, Jairus is the skater in there that's ripping. He goes on all of our tours with us. He's a youth pastor. His dad's wow. a pastor of Calvary Chapel, St. Pete. Um, the guy's super talented, but he. Um, He's up to all kinds of crazy stuff. You know, he uh, he has this thing he wants to talk to us about. They just started this new program out there in St. Pete. So I wanted to call him in to talk about it because I think it's very relevant. Because right now we've had calls about 70-year-old kids, kids that are dealing with demonic stuff. Mm-hmm. Older. Then we're dealing with homosexuality. We're dealing with abuse. We're dealing with divorce. We're dealing with all these different things. And this is just a reflection on the culture. Mm. So what is the most important thing right now for culture? For Christians to do, the mission is the Great Commission. Jesus says, go and preach the gospel. Signs and wonders will follow. Go and make disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teach them to obey my commandments. So he has created a new school to disciple and commission people. So I want to hear more about it because there's a lot of people that listen to us. We're on over 111 stations now across the United States. We're on all the different platforms from iHeartRadio to to uh, um, YouTube, to Vimeo, all these different platforms. So we're getting, you know, I think just this last year, we had over a half a million uh, views just from our our social media uh, platform. So that's not even counting the radio stuff. So this is why I want to have them on. I want people to hear because there's a lot of people right now that want to get active in ministry, but they don't even know where to start. Mm. And I know you're doing that Tuesday night thing uh the tuesday night after goes at your church you're you're teaching people how to work in the, the the power of the holy spirit and the gifts and this is another way for people to get plugged in youngsters to go to school get discipled and then to get launched mm-hmm. so i'm gonna go ahead and pull jaris in right now let's see where he's at what's up jaris what it is how's it going <laughs> doing good i just uh i just made you sound really cool okay <laughs> <laughs> oh, dangerous you, you are cool. You are, dude. I'm so pumped on everything you're doing, man. So, hey, why don't you bring the listeners up to speed on your new program out there? What is it, Sick, dude? Um, it is a school of ministry, so it's for young adults that want to do ministry, which means church. It means uh, church work, um, and it, you know, not necessarily every single person that goes through it works at a church, but. That's the focus. So it's the young adults. They come in. It's a one-year commitment. 
Um, it ends with a summer missions trip, and they stay on campus. Our church is in a neighborhood on a big rectangle, and part of the rectangle includes houses, and that's where the students would stay. We just finished uh, the first year of kind of a soft start, if you will, with a yep. few kids. Yep. And so we, we teach them everything, dude, practical life skills, um, ministry skills, opportunities for outreach, uh, missions, and specifically – well, based off of the capacity of what we're able to do, we specifically are offering uh, kind of a, a, the callings of pastoral ministry, youth ministry, worship ministry, and audiovisual ministry wow. based off of the staff that we have there. So those are the four main groups that if anyone feels like specifically led to serving at church, um, then it's a one-year commitment. It's $2,000, ends of the summer trip. It's on campus, and it's hands-on, so they're constantly working with us. You know, they got the the kind of part of the organization where there's teaching from the Bible from different local guys, um, and we bring other guys in. There's practical life teaching and coaching, but then we get them sitting down with guys that have years of experience. I mean, we got one guy that um, did worship for Pastor Chuck. And so we're, we're teaching pastoral, youth, AV, and worship stuff, and then we're giving them opportunities to serve at the church um, and learn hands-on, and then discipleship uh, through all of that during the entire time. That sounds epic. Wow. And, you know, a lot of you guys that are listening, um, we have a new movie that just came out. It's on the whosoevers.com. It's a, it's a film called The Whosoever's Kill the Noise. It's about the Great Commission. Jairus is on there on our tour with us. Um, you know, God's using them. He's been in the, in the, he goes on actually all of our trips. So he's very equipped in evangelism. God's, I've personally seen uh, God using him in the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, he's, he's teaching on the gifts of the Holy Spirit uh, with his junior high and high school kids. And God is doing something amazing with him. And you will not be bored. This will not be some boring school to go to uh and they just teach you you're going to actually get activated okay because that's how they do i've been there to that church i know that compound i know his father well his actually his dad went on our tour with us he's in the film as well these guys are the real deal um if i was young and i had time to go uh, i would go i'm actually going to be i think i'm going to actually come out when the school's going on i'm going to be able to come out and and spend some time with you guys as well um out yeah. there in St. Pete to be a part of it at some capacity. So I fully endorse uh, this this school. Um, I'm going to, like, again, I'm going to be a part of it somehow, some way. Um, even if I have to just show up, uh, we will be there uh, uh, doing it. So how do they How do they get more um, information? How do they sign up? How do they get involved? What's, what's the contact? Yeah. So the main page is off of our church page. Our church is Calvary Chapel Fellowship. The website is CCF. St. Pete, S-T-P-E-T-E dot church. And if they want to go to ccfstpete.church slash zsom, Z-C-S-O-M for Zeal School of Ministry, that's where all the information is. And we have a brand new Instagram and Facebook, which is also um, tag name Z-S-O-M, Z-S-O-M. And so they'll be able to get in contact with the website, the Facebook, the Instagram, through those avenues. And on the uh, church website is where they can find more details and email us at zsom at ccfstpete.church, and uh, we'll be in contact with them. All right. So if for some reason, if you missed any of that, you could always contact us 
directly here, Ryan Reese or at the Whosoever's, and we will literally forward you guys uh, your guys' information straight to them. Um, definitely get in contact with them. Go for it. Hey, dude, I just saw uh, they sent me a picture of uh, you and your dog in your car. Uh, the we- Is that a wiener dog or something? <laughs> it's a mini wiener dog. A mini years wiener. old, my baby girl. <laughs> I'm going to get one for my uh, – I got to get one for my daughters one day. Hey, dude, I love you, man. Thanks yeah, for calling do. in, man, and we'll uh, we'll be talking soon, brother. For sure. Love you guys. Peace. All right, dog. Peace. Peace. So, yes, good times. Okay, yeah. we only have a couple minutes left, and uh, – I don't. I don't think uh, we're gonna. How many minutes do we have? I think we got like we got like three minutes left. Three okay, minutes. you know what? Let's just end it like this. Any? Do you have any words you want to say? Uh, any last words for uh, people that are listening? That you know, maybe they want to give their life to Jesus right now. Well, you know, as I, I'm just kind of was sitting here processing just the calls that we had and the people that we talked to. This, I mean. People dealing with demonic possession, people dealing with homosexuality, which which could actually be, you know, again, falling in that category of demonic possession. And it just as a dad, you know, I'm just thinking as a dad, first of all, uh, what would I do if I was in that position with those dealing with these situations? And the first thing I thought was, was I would have to turn to the Lord because I don't know where else to turn to. You know, God is the one who delivers us. God is the one that hears our prayers. But also, it, it you know, we need to understand our authority as believers, what God has entrusted to us, that the Holy Spirit lives within us, that he's empowered us, that we have the power of the Holy Spirit, and that there, you know, there is no power that's greater than God's power. He is the He is the only power uh, in light of these things. And so, what the enemy comes in to rob and kill and steal and destroy, God comes in to restore and to bring life and to bring hope and to bring healing and to bring health. And as believers, as the church, it's essential that we learn how to do this. It's essential that we learn how to pray for the sick. It's essential that we learn how to cast out demons. It's essential that we learn how to minister to the heart issues because uh, it's only going to get darker in the world. It's not going to get brighter. It's going to get darker. And one of the things that people are looking for is they're looking for real help. And the church has it. We've got the power. We've got the Holy Spirit. We've got Jesus. We've got the message that sets captives free. And uh, it makes me wonder, man, where is the church in the lives of these people to be able to bring freedom to them? And there it is there. Um, Go after Jesus, you guys. Seriously, like, you're like, well, how do I do it? Go read the Bible. Like, I'm constantly just going through the Bible, just reading it or going through the right now. I'm going through Luke right now. Just read the scriptures. You, Everything you need to know, Jesus gives us the instructions how to operate in this time. He's constantly I mean, when he was here for his public ministry, he spent a lot of time in the the galley of the Gentiles. Mm. And it was it wasn't it wasn't the Holy Land there. It was the Gentiles. It was like the non-Christians. And there was a lot of it's in the Holy Land, but it's where a lot of the Gentiles were. And basically, he was constantly going through and praying for people to get healed, casting out demons. I mean, there's more demonic stories in the New Testament than anything else. Mm. I mean, clearly. And that's what we're seeing now in good old America. You know, in, in God we trust, you know. Um, 
it's happening here too. It's being revealed. So we have the authority in Jesus' name. So I love you guys, and we will be talking to you guys next week. Tune in next Saturday night. Holland Davis, thank you. God bless. This has been The Ryan Reese Show. To connect and find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for The Ryan Reese Show. Are you concerned about tensions in the Middle East? Do you wonder where we're currently at in the biblical timeline? Are we really in the last days? Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Carl Muller with the Inside the Epicenter podcast. Every week, my co-host, best-selling author Joel Rosenberg, and I answer those questions and more. You'll hear inside knowledge of our meetings with leaders at the highest levels of government in the U.S., Israel, and the Middle East, equipping you to filter the news with biblically sound insights. Find Inside the Epicenter on your favorite podcast app, or go to joshuafun.com to listen and subscribe.